2: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said? See Ryan
0: Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because
2: I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13.
2: Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Listen Up. Hope everything is going well. Uh, we'd love to hear from you today. You hit your hand icon. Raise your hand and we will put you right on hope you had a chance to listen to today's podcast my interview with Jerry Reynolds should say my conversation with Jerry when I have Jerry on it's not really an interview we just kind of go back and forth and uh, always good uh, to talk to the one and only uh, Jerry Reynolds so I really didn't uh, hope you had a chance to listen to that if not when you get uh, some time uh, pull up a chair and you can hear my conversation with Jerry He had some really good things to say uh, about Keegan-Murray Uh, about Kevin Herter and about some of the other things uh, with Sacramento more and more NFL teams are getting in the training camp and uh, that is good news. So before you know it, uh, we will indeed have uh, NFL football to uh, talk about. Let's hope we don't have a lot of injuries to talk about. You know, the one thing uh, that just dictates uh, the success or lack thereof, of your team is very often Injuries, right? So, you know, you just have to have your fingers crossed. I mean, it just seems like there are so many injuries, particularly on the practice field. All right? Particularly on the practice field. That, that's what's so unbelievable. It's not even in games. Guys are going down like flies in practice. That, that's just so, I mean, it's just incredible. We're talking about non-contact drills. How many knees are blown out in non-contact practice drills. Happens all the time. Happens all the time. All right, again, I want to hear from you today. We got the NFL to talk about. uh, Again, kind of a slow time uh, in the NBA coming up. You know, we still, you know, hear about Kevin Durant. We hear about this and we hear about that. I I don't know if you heard Jerry's comments today about Draymond Green. He made a great comment. You know, Draymond who goes on Twitter, says it's done to compare errors, then compares errors, talking about the 2017 would beat the Bulls and the Jazz, and Jerry made a great point. Jerry said he wouldn't even have started on those teams. I didn't even think about that, but Jerry's spot on, spot on. He would not have started on the 98 Bulls or the 98 Jazz. It was very well done. I honestly had not even thought about that. You know, then Eddie Johnson, uh, the great former Phoenix Sun, played in Sacramento for a little bit. He also came down hard on uh, Draymond Green. So, you know, Draymond likes to just talk and talk and talk and talk, talk and talk and talk and talk. And, uh, you know, this new media is uh, turning into an absolute joke. It's a joke. All right, again, uh, those are some of the topics uh, if you want to get into. We have got uh, Major League Baseball going on. you got the Subway Series uh, with the Mets and the Yankees. The Mets have jumped out to a 4-2 lead. Uh, if you're a fan of the uh, San Francisco Giants, you're probably wishing that the uh, second half of the season had never really gotten going. I mean, what a horrible, horrible way uh, to come out of the uh, All-Star break uh, if you're the Giants and what happened against the LA Dodgers. Wow. And then you just move on and get shellacked now lost five in a row. Uh, the Giants and they are fading fast now at 500 at 48 uh, and 48. So, you know, at least now, you know, in baseball and I'm down on baseball right now, you know, I'm down. I don't like the way the game is played. Like, you know, the Yankees are running away and hiding in the East Minnesota has a nice race going on with Cleveland and Chicago. They're three separated by four games. Houston's running away and hiding in the West. Uh, The Mets and the Braves are in a good race, separated by two games. Milwaukee, St. Louis, separated by two games. And then the Dodgers are running away and hiding in the West, right? So thank goodness that you do have the wild card. But you do have at least a few good races. Not many, but you have a few good races. So we got the, that to talk about, and more. Uh, looking ahead to the week. I'm sure you heard my conversation uh, with Ryan in Sacktown and doing a podcast and his interest in you know exploring this medium. I had a similar story with a caller who is a, a huge, huge Miami everything fan. His name is Nando, and Nando came on my podcast more than a year ago as a contestant on a Grant's Rant. So I picked out two callers, two listeners, I should say, of the podcast to join me for Grant's Rant. I said, come up with an idea and let's do it. So Nando was one of the contestants and afterwards we talked and he had told me what a Big deer and fox fan he was, and you know, living in New Jersey where he lives, I said, uh, you know, what is it about? How'd you learn about me and my podcast? He said, Well, I used to watch you on League Pass all the time. Love your work, but I, you know, big deer and fox fan, so I would always watch you guys play. And I'm like, cool. And uh, we, I asked him what he did, and then he said, You know, I really would like to get into what you do, and. He asked me for some advice, and he thinking about starting a podcast. And I said, well, you have a really good delivery, so you have a good voice. And I said, if you want to do it, you know, get the right equipment, make the podcast sound good, and, you know, come up with a theme and do it. And so he started a podcast about a year ago now, a little more than a year, uh, on a Miami-based theme. And he talks a lot of Dolphins and Heat primarily, not as much Marlins, because obviously, you know, even in Miami, people don't care about the Marlins and Miami Hurricane football. So he's doing really well. He comes up with very good content. He's had some very good guests on. So he's going to come on my podcast on Friday because I thought it would be interesting after listening to Ryan, uh, others that may want to get into this realm as i said when i grew up i couldn't do this didn't exist I, i couldn't have done what ryan's doing or what nando's doing it didn't exist you know everything we did we did on our own and what i mean on our own i mean without being heard by anybody we would just do it now you can be heard but you know you have to be creative you have to have a theme and again nando has done a really good job He's done a really good job. So uh, the podcast with him is going to come out on Friday. Then uh, Iron Eagle is scheduled for Tuesday of next week. So you know, again, we're just branching out, doing a couple of different things. I think just like Ryan uh, Nando's story is very interesting, and again, I think he's doing really well. I'm really happy for him. You know, he's put in time. Uh, he's thorough. He's had some good guests. Uh, he has. You know he's built up an audience. You know he's built up his Twitter page from nothing. Now has close to seven thousand followers in a little more than a year. So it's really good stuff by Nando. So he's going to come on my podcast uh, that is coming up on Friday. All right, let's check in with the man that was on last week, uh, and we say hello to Ryan here on a Tuesday to get the show rolling. Hey, Ryan, how are you? Good afternoon,
3: Grant. How can you hear? Or can you hear me okay from Saturn?
2: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I can hear you just fine. (laughs) Very good. No, uh,
3: you know, that's a big testament to you. Um, You know, if you see something in someone or just give them the opportunity for you to see something in someone and try to pay that forward. And that's why I really enjoyed the podcast you did after our first one. I, I thought that was really important. And it was incredible hearing you with uh, Jerry today. That, uh, you know, just brings back those goosebumps, no doubt. You guys flow. Like you said, it's a conversation. Um, your rant made me think of a few things. Kyler Murray, $160 million extension. And he now basically has a babysitter. And what pisses me off is when I look at news like out of Seattle, Chris Carson, running back, who has to retire. He's played five years because of a neck injury. Yep. And I look at John Schneider's quote. It's a big disappointment. We took it as long as possible with him with specialists but unfortunately he wasn't able to pass a physical so what happens it's not about we took it as long but like how are these guys taken care of and the counter argument's always going to be that you know well you've made millions of dollars you know in your career possibly but chris carson he he's not a top level running back he was a great running back for seattle Fit their program yep. perfect. Perfectly, but, you know. You look at the guys that came before these guys. You know the the NFLPA. You know, I wish there was more done for the guys that made it possible for these guys to be able to get larger contracts. And you know, I mean, at what point do we explore or they explore some type of guaranteed contract before? you know in in lieu of a
2: signing boat yep well i remember working with jack youngblood when i started doing this uh when i started doing my show in sacramento in 1995 jack was one of my co-hosts and you know jack had a long illustrious career now in the uh, pro football hall of fame but this was back you know again long time ago 1995 and it was painful to watch jack walk down the hallway and you know that was what 27 years ago i haven't seen jack in a long time but i was just like wow and you know sometimes we would be talking with jack on the radio and he would lose his train of thought in the middle of the conversation and jack would make fun of it you know he would start laughing at himself and i remember and this is the only time this happened i had harry carson the hall of fame middle linebacker from the new york giants on my radio show and This was probably, I don't know, 10 years ago, maybe. Could have been less than that, but I'm trying to put it in the proper time frame. And we had a great conversation. And at the end of the conversation, I said to Harry, because we had talked about, you know, the injuries, the, the, the pain that he's in every day, the dementia, everything else. And I said to Harry, if you knew then what you know now would you have done anything differently with your career? And he said, yes, I would have never played. And I was just like, wow. He's the only player in all of the interviews that I've ever done that told me that. I've talked to Jim Otto on multiple occasions, both on the air and privately. Jim's had over 80 surgeries, has had a leg amputated, is somebody that has had to live in a great deal of discomfort, in the latter part of his life, he's still with us, fortunately. I've talked with Fred Bolitnikoff. I've played golf with Fred Bolitnikoff. Fred still has a chronic shoulder injury. I asked both of those guys, would you do anything differently knowing then what you know now? They both said no. They just love playing that much. They loved running out of the tunnel on Sundays. They said there was nothing like it. Jim Plunkett. I worked with Plunk for five years on the Raider games. Plunk's had hips done, knees done we had to take two small steps to get to the, uh, the press table where we broadcast from at the Raiders press box. Jim could barely walk up and down the two steps. And when I mean barely, I'm exaggerating a little bit. But he had to make sure that he was holding on to the rail or had to make sure he was balanced. And I was just thinking, wow, you know, these players that played in that era, now again, Carson played in this era, and he played only five seasons. But you are right. Um, And I don't know what the former players have and have now. I know there's been a lot of work, Ryan, in this area. I know Brian uh, Urlacher was recently criticized because he criticized a player for falsifying his situation. So it's it's an interesting conversation to have. I will only tell you, Ryan, that in my experience being around former NFL players, they really pay the price. Not all of them. On a lot of them.
3: Well, and Grant, I mean, like I said, they had to get off-season jobs to be able to support themselves. It was for the yes. love of the game. And yes, they are literally paying the price and have paid the way or paved the way for the guys that are getting the big contracts today. So I, I would really like to see. I mean, if we're doing addendums to contracts that say you have to do, and that's crazy in its own, that you have to do four hours of studying outside of anything in the building and it you know they've got all these things laid out for Kyler you know it, teams could do more for the people that did more for the teams to get them to where they are today and all right, let me know, ask you this
2: is it, it I'm going to interrupt you for a minute I don't yes. disagree with you but I want to I want to hit on Murray isn't that embarrassing for the franchise but isn't it embarrassing for Kyler Murray that here's a quarterback in the National Football League the pinnacle of Your profession being a think about this. You're a starting quarterback on a national football league team. Now just think about being in that position and you have to have language in your contract that requires you to put in a certain amount of quote unquote independent study before you go on the field on Sunday. How sad is that? I mean, what, 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 what an indictment on Kyler Murray and his work ethic. I mean, that's just mind boggling to me.
3: Well, yeah, absolutely. And you're you're throwing your quote-unquote franchise quarterback under the bus, number one, but I think what it's most embarrassing for is the Arizona Cardinals. You're going to pay him that much money knowing that he does not have the work ethic? What's that say about the direction of your team? Because by all accounts, usually the quarterback is the leader of the team. So I, I think it's even worse for them.
2: Well, and this is a quarterback last year. Let's also call it the way it is. When DeAndre Hopkins got hurt, the Cardinals were 10-2. and two. From that point forward, Kyler Murray was awful. He had one good game. That's it. He was horrible in the playoff game. Maybe as bad of a performance. Not maybe. It was as bad of a performance as I've ever seen a quarterback play in the playoffs. So he's coming off a horrendous final six games and an awful playoff game. And with that said, He's still got a contract extension worth $230.5 million. not all of it guaranteed like Deshaun Watson, but a, a good size of it guaranteed. And you have to have an addendum put into your contract that you are required to do four hours of independent study work each, each game week, and if not, your contract could be in default. It's, it's just you can't make it up. You can't make it up.
3: Yeah, but Grant, what's that say about the relationship? between the cardinals and kyler. Okay, that that's something that should be usually kept behind closed doors.
2: I don't know, it shows me uh, that they tried to get him to do it last year and he was lethargic in his duties as a quarterback leading up to the game. Now, he is a dynamic player. Okay, you have to remember before DeAndre Hopkins got hurt, we were talking about Kyler Murray as a leading MVP candidate in the National Football League. Okay, we were talking about him more than we were talking about Aaron Rodgers. We were talking about him more than we were talking about Tom Brady. Kyler Murray was the MVP candidate before Hopkins got hurt. So we must acknowledge that with whatever was going on behind the scenes in Arizona, this guy is unbelievably gifted has shown us the ability to be a top-tier quarterback. The Cardinals are paying him as such. However, when Hopkins got hurt, he was a different player. But for them to put an addendum like that in the contract, even when he was having success, they obviously were not satisfied. I won't say happy. They were not satisfied with the amount of off-the-field work that he was doing in the classroom, so to speak. That's, That's the problem. So,
3: yeah, and and I agree. There's been reports about him saying, you know, I, I just get it. I don't need to do all of this right. studying. Like, it's already in my head. As a franchise, a billion dollar franchise, how do you handle that? Especially if you're, in, how do you handle a player like that? Look at the Nets and Kyrie. That's been an interesting, you know, relationship to say the least. But, you know, what's the right way, in your opinion, to handle those things when you have a player like
2: that i hate to say this but i think the cardinals probably did handle it the right way they put an addendum in his contract which could void his contract if he doesn't follow it so they're probably like okay you know what here's the deal we've asked you to do more we have tried to help you do more uh we believe in you we're going to give you security we want you to understand that you're our future but we also have to have a mechanism on our side that we don't have to babysit you. So we're just going to put it in your contract and it's going to be on you to do it. We're tired of asking you to come in and watch extra film, blah, blah, blah. So we're not going to ask you anymore. We're just going to put it in your contract, take it or leave it. You know, I think that's probably in the lines of how that discussion went.
3: But Grant, do you think it's more of a PR play to, you know, motivate him? Or are they actually going to have a babysitter? monitoring the fact that he's watched four hours of film because if you look at you know or what's been reported what he has to do how he has to do it it, it okay you have a full-time employee though for <laughs> eight hours a day probably standing over him it, it, it i don't know I, that's where i have the conflict with well, what they did
2: the uh, good quarterbacks the ones that we have mentioned uh your team in seattle with russell wilson for years manning Rogers, Eli, Ben Rothersberger, we can go right on down the list. I guarantee you, you know this, they put in a hell of a lot more than eight hours a day on game week. All right. They were in the facility first, they were there after practice. No, we no. know that, uh, you know, they were watching film at night when the kids went to bed. Okay. We know that. Okay. We know that. It's been documented. That's what you expect from your leader of your football team and your National Football League quarterback, you expect that individual to be the most prepared player in the locker room on Sunday. And again, Murray is unbelievably talented, but the fact that they got to put that in his contract is just mind-boggling to me. It really is.
3: I, I Can you think of another example in sports where you've no. seen anything like that?
2: No. I cannot. I cannot. You know, yeah. he might have a... He might have a photographic memory. He may have an incredible memory due to recall. But obviously, the Cardinals were not satisfied with his great memory because if it were true, they would have said, we don't need to put anything in the guy's contract. He's one of these people that you know, whatever he sees, he absorbs. If he sees it once, it's in his memory. He's got a photographic memory, blah, 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 blah. But they wouldn't have put that clause in his contract if they did not feel it was an area of need. So... That's that's the way I read it. That's the way I interpret it.
3: Yeah, I mean, and also you you look to the quarterback. I mean, as much as we don't want to put a quarterback on a pedestal, you look at the preparation the quarterback's putting in, and if you see the quarterback not putting in time, and you know these guys are all close. Grant, they talk
2: to other of guys course on their teams. Of course, it's a bad look.
3: It, it's a terrible look, and that can bleed down. It's just it, it it's just very confounding to me that this went public and it's confounding that that would even have to be in there. If you're going to extend him that much.
2: We always used to talk about this in the NBA when the Kings and I'm keeping it to the Kings. Cause I was around the Kings every day. We used to talk about being a rookie and coming in to a locker room and seeing DeMarcus cousins curse out the coaches and curse out the media and bully people and being uh, so volatile, particularly in the first several years of his career, what a horrible example that would be for young players coming into the locker room. There are players that were before DeMarcus that I saw it as well. You know, just like in life, but in professional sports, there's a right way and there's a wrong way to go about your business. But when you are the guy on your team you have young talent, the rookies, the free agents that walk into a locker room for the first time on a professional level, and when they see that type of behavior or that type of a work ethic or what have you, they're just like, they think that's the norm. They think, oh, wow, this isn't college, so this is really what the professional ranks are like. It, it's true. You know, when you see someone like an Andrew Wiggins, Okay. Mm -hmm. who had a very unimpressive career in Minnesota with the Timberwolves based on his talent. And I used to go to Minnesota twice a year, and they used to come to Sacramento twice a year. And I would talk to a lot of people within the organization. And I actually had people that I respect greatly in that organization tell me that if they were a general manager of another team, they would not trade for Andrew Wiggins. What an indictment that is, right? Because they are around him every day. They see him every day. Right. Think about what happened when he left the Minnesota culture, all right? Which was a horrible losing culture when he was there, and went to the Golden State Warriors, and were was around Steve Kerr and the way to practice and the way to, you know, play with Clay Thompson and Steph Curry and you know, uh, Andre Iguodala. And you know what? Think about what he did for his career by one stop on the circuit of a change of scenery so there's a lot that is to be said for that i've seen it firsthand i've seen it firsthand
3: no doubt and that that you hit the nail on the head about culture uh you see andrew how he turned his game around and that's because of the people around him you know um steph clay steve um bob myers I think they have all been very beneficial to, I mean, Grant, can you think of another NBA team that's produced so many, I'm not going to say star players, but solid players. And that's because of the program and that's because of the leadership.
2: Yeah. The Miami heat do it. Uh, the Miami heat are very, because of the way Pat Riley runs his organization and I've got friends that work in Miami and they all talk to me. It doesn't matter whether you clean up the locker room after the game or you're a secretary or you're the head coach, or it doesn't matter. When you come in as an employee of the Miami Heat, you're given a handbook. And in that handbook, it tells you what is expected of you, but it tells you what the goal is. And the goal of the franchise is to win a championship. And that every single person that works within that organization understands what the goal is. And everyone does their job to the best of their ability to help the franchise achieve that. And Miami's had great success. Do they win a championship every year? No. But you know what? For the most part, they're really good every year. And that's because of the way Pat Riley runs his franchise. What's the saying? It starts at the top. The franchises that have good ownership, tremendous front office leadership, generally speaking, more times than not, have very good success on the playing surface.
3: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean,
2: Spolstra, he's the
3: second longest tenured coach yeah. in the NBA right yeah. now, besides Popovich. Yeah.
2: Pop, yep. So, so good stuff, man. Have a good All one.
3: All right, brother. Be well. Take it Have easy. a great rest of the night.
2: All right. That's Ryan uh, joining us right here on Listen App.
1: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Revoid. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
2: All right. We get to uh, Jeff next. Jeff is with us here on a Tuesday. Listen up. Hey, Jeff. Hey, Grant. How are you doing today? I'm well. Thank you. How are you? Good. Well,
4: I'm going to have a little fun. I'm going to, I've, I've been writing subjects down since last night and, today and I've got, so I'm just going to let you choose <laughs> if that's okay. okay. Okay, here we go. Uh, the, the Cardinals and their COVID situation in Canada, Jerry's Jay, Draymond uh, statement, he wouldn't start for either team. The Hall of Fame that just, just coming in, Shanahan on Lance today, the baseball trade deadlining on August 2nd.
2: Uh, Yeah, I don't care about the baseball uh, trade deadline. I also don't care about what Kyle Shanahan says about Trey Lance because it means nothing to me because when week one starts in the National Football League, it doesn't really matter what Kyle Shanahan says. My eyes will tell me whether Trey Lance is going to be the answer or not. May not know it in the first quarter of week one, but you get my point. So let's talk about Jerry's comments on Draymond Green not starting for either the Bulls or the Jazz. And Eddie Johnson also (laughs) – had some very harsh statements for uh, Draymond Green.
4: <laughs> Somehow, I knew you were gonna. Tr- I I should have just cut to the chase. And, uh, yes, you I, should I, have. I. I <laughs> well, I, I like starting with the end in mind. Anyways, yeah, <laughs> Jerry, right. was, Jerry was hilarious as usual, and I I love him and. Uh, uh, I think he even said "ass" on the radio today. So uh, I said, that, I think that's the first time I heard Jerry come out with a, a little uh, adjective. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, you need to be around him a little more.
4: <laughs> well, he's he tries to be really professional on the radio, so he he is
2: always professional when he's on the air. He's professional when he's off the air too. He's a class act all the yeah, way around.
4: Y- yeah, yes, but anyways, he just <laughs> basically was. I could tell how annoyed how annoyed he is with his Draymond situation. And he just said, hell, he wouldn't start for either team. (laughs) You know, and I, I I fell off the chair laughing so hard.
2: Yep. You know, I will say this about Shanahan. You know, he had to say that today that we've moved on to Trey. And this is Trey's team. He has to say that he has to give Trey the, uh, unbelievable confidence, which he does privately, but publicly he had to put all these rumors to bed from the media members to keep on talking about Garoppolo being on the roster and what if, what if you brought up the what if scenario too. So Shanahan had to say that today and I respect Kyle Shanahan for doing it. It was the right right thing for him to do. But, but again, talk is cheap. But in this particular instance, Kyle Shanahan did the right thing. All right? right. And he said, he said, Jimmy knows we're going with Trey. Trey knows we're going with Trey. And our team does yeah. and everyone likes and everyone likes both of those guys. Now I will tell you that's exactly that, that, that last sentence and everyone likes both of those guys. that's not true. Everyone on a football team is going to make their own decision right. and if you if you polled not all the players in camp but the 53 that will be on the roster, it would be split. All right, and there would be a lot yeah. of players that would, would say, boy, we wish Garoppolo was our stoning quarterback, and there would be those that say, no, I think Trey Lance is going to be better. So that, yeah. not everyone likes both of those guys. That's not true.
4: Well, he didn't say everybody likes the, this guy to start, this guy to be backup. Yeah, they're likable, but they're not – let's say, like you said, who do you want to be there under the underneath the center, you know? so
2: Yeah, well, again, I, I, I respect Kyle Shanahan for coming out and addressing it so that there's no more rumors circulating. What if, and the what if rumor was what happens if Garoppolo is on the roster of the 49ers in week one. All right. So they've, they've told both quarterbacks, this is the way it is. We knew it kind of, you know, but, but there's that little shadow of a doubt. Kyle Shanahan put that to bed today. So, you know, we, 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 I think he did the right thing, but again, as far as, you know, it's Trey Lance's team. Here's the deal. All right, it's Trey Lance's team until it's not anymore. Yes. And all it's going to take, all right, if Trey Lance, you know this, Jeff, if Trey Lance gets off to a bad start, let's, yeah. let's put this scenario out. Let's say Trey Lance plays poorly in the month of September. And it, the first week. Of, wait a minute. and okay. went, Well, yeah, but it doesn't play well. In the first week of October, he goes down with an injury that sidelines him for the whole month of October. Okay. And let's say Garoppolo's still on the team and comes yeah. in and the Niners go 4-0 in October. Right. Do you really think at that point when Lance comes back, they're going to put Lance back on the field? So, you know, again, yeah. this is a this is a sport about winning. What have you done for me lately? It's Trey Lance's car. Uh-huh. He's got the keys. He's going on a cross-country trip. We'll see if he makes it from coast to coast.
4: Well, you know, you, that's funny you brought that up, but you remember who that happened to, right? For the 49ers when Harbaugh was coaching?
2: Alex yeah, well, Smith. absolutely. Alex, Alex Smith. Smith. Yep. He
4: would have won the yep. Super Bowl if he would have went back to Alex Smith. I think with his, you know, his length in the league and him knowing defenses better and hit just, you know, I, I his professionalism, uh, he wouldn't have been as uh, riled. I think he would have and game manager, and uh, I think he would have done it. I mean, he had some good cl- games against the New York Giants.
2: Well, Well, you know, again, we don't know, but uh, what what we do know is. Uh, I do admire Kyle Shanahan for coming out and saying it the way he did. He had to. He had to put all this nonsense to bed uh, as it relates to Garoppolo. But, again, it doesn't mean anything to me because once the games start, you know, it doesn't really matter what Kyle Shanahan says. Trey Lance's performance will determine, you know, where we go.
4: Yeah. Well, one last thing, Grant. I don't want to be a sarcastic, you know, but I I need to say this. How long is it going to take – with this murray contract before it's labeled racist tomorrow when all these guys start saying you wouldn't put that in some white quarterbacks contract but you think his intelligence level is lower you're going to put him in that can you see that coming down the
2: yeah i'm surprised that i'm yes i'm surprised it hasn't happened already anyone know that you know he's going to bring up race the reality is. He's the highest paid quarterback now in the national football league, right? Per season average. I think he and Deshaun Watson are one and two. I can't remember if Murray's one, or I think Watson's one Murray's two. So you can put that to rest. Okay. You know, racist racism at the quarterback level. um, You know, he, he has a contract that can put all of that criticism to bed. There are, you listen, the players have addendums in their contract all across the league. It's not uncommon for addendums to be put in the contract. There are, players that have addendums in their contract for their weight, right? There are players that have addendums in their contract over all kinds of stuff, but I haven't recalled this type of an addendum in a contract before.
4: Well, I could see them. They're going to, I guess the way they'll monitor that, I was thinking because I was listening to Ryan, uh, I guess they're just going to have to probably put them on a Zoom. Someone's going to babysit them on Zoom.
2: Yeah. Well, it's, it's it's sad that in this day and age, anything like that has to be put in a player's contract. It really is. It's hard to believe is what it is. Well, hard to let's, believe.
4: Let's see if he's, uh, that's going to be a standard now.
2: Let's see yeah, and by does. the way, speaking of – it well, I don't think it will be a standard because I don't think that a lot of players would need that uh, in their contracts, particularly at the quarterback. I, I, don't, I, I don't think that's going to be a standard. I would find it hard to believe that any other starting quarterback in the NFL would need to have an independent study addendum uh, put in their contract. Hey, do you think – Roger Goodell's ever going to rule on the NFL on Deshaun Watson? I mean, what the hell are we waiting for here? He's, you
4: practicing. Know? He's practicing, isn't he? Yep. He, yep. he should be allowed to participate in practice. He should be on some uh, non-suspended, some suspended, uh, some kind of, uh, what's that list called when you're in the Well,
2: there, there, yeah, there's a couple of different lists. But, yeah, he should, yes, absolutely.
4: Unable to perform something, whatever. Well,
2: but he, yeah, we wouldn't be the pup list. He would be on another list. Right. Yeah. Well,
4: well, yeah, he should be under investigation and can't play until it's solved. Because it's a really bad look.
2: Thanks, man. Appreciate it.
4: Talk to you later.
2: Yep. I mean, he could be put on administrative leave. I mean, there's all, you know, but I wouldn't be the pup list. Just it's crazy, though. Really is crazy to me what we talk about now in 2022. It it is. I mean, I just, it's just, it's just hard for me to believe that a quarterback in the National Football League was just given a mammoth contract and in the contract, there's language about how much quote-unquote independent study he has to do. That's amazing to me. It really is amazing to me. I mean, there are certain things that you thought, well, that will never happen. And then it happens. First of all, who could have even thought of a scenario like that? That a quarterback in the National Football League would not be putting in enough time off the field to think that was possible. It's crazy. Hey, Al, welcome to the show today. How are you, Al? I'm with you, Grant, man. I, 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 re, I think of
5: addendums. I think like the weight. And also, like, let's say these guys like to do extreme things, like, you know, like a cliff diving or bungee jumping off a 300-foot bridge. Those are kind of – you know, you can't partake in any off-field activity. You might get injured. Because, yeah. you know, that's yep. the team's investment. But I've never – this is reminding me of when the kids were little and I had to sign off their homework packets to make sure everything was uh, – all the assignments were done and complete.
2: Well, that's pretty much <laughs> it's, what it's like. Yep. yep. It's, it's like baby right. it. I just yep. want to say, Absolutely. I loved. it. I
5: listen to the podcast and I kind of, real quick on that, I kind of see where Jeff's going because I could see, you know, the, the playing the race car because, you know, the, the stereotype which like you said, that's a long, long done, a long done deal. It's not around anymore. But, you know, they didn't have the, you know, the, the study or the work ethic and so i can see it going like that way but i enjoyed the podcast with jerry he, you guys are like i gotta tell you in all the years i've been listening to sports and watching it on tv and listening blowing up in a bear, you and jerry are one of the top announcing duos that i've ever uh, experienced i put you guys right up there with summerall and madden and and uh, some of the great teams you know you guys are the you guys you just work jerry
2: well, I appreciate that. Um, we're not some role, madam, but I, I do appreciate that very much. Um, you know, Jerry is a treasure. Uh, Jerry, first of all, is not only was my colleague. Jerry is a great friend of mine. He, I, He's like a family member to me, Al. I mean, he's like a family member. Yeah. So, Al, we're he, losing. Guys, I'm going to put yeah. you back in the... Oh, there you are. Okay. Thank you, buddy. We got, bad, right. we got a bad connection, so I'm going to put you back in there. The reality is that I knew what Jerry was going to say. He knew what I was going to say, and it just worked. It just worked. And, I mean, Jerry and I talk every week. We love just conversing about whatever. You know, it's not always basketball. There's other things uh, that we talk about as well. I love his knowledge, uh, his humor. Uh, He's just a real-life guy, man. There's You know, Jerry is Jerry. There's no BS with Jerry. There's nothing... He's just a real, true individual. And by true individual, I mean he's just is what he is. And he doesn't care about driving in fancy cars or wearing nice clothes or living in a beautiful house. When I mean a beautiful house, I'm talking about, you know, a a mansion. You know, he has a nice house. I didn't mean to put it that way. But, you know, he's not materialistic. He's never been materialistic. You know, he saved his per diem when we went on the road. I mean – He just is a very simple, basic, kind human being. I mean, he really is. He really, really is. You know, back to where we're at in pro sports today. I can't think of anything similar to this other than weight clauses. You know, there's a lot of talk going on right now in Tampa because Leonard Fournette came the camp at 260, which was like 25 pounds over what he should be. And you ask yourself, okay, wait a minute. A player's job, okay, is to play football, okay? Think about that. That's their job. It's not their job from August until whenever the season ends. It's their job year-round. That's what they do. That's why they're paid millions of dollars. And their job is to be ready. When practice starts, that's their job. That's what they're getting paid a millions, millions and millions of dollars for. And so that means that during the off season, you must do your work. You have to do your weight training, your strength training, your speed training, you know, everything else. You can't eat yourself out of the league. So Lennon Fournette, think about this, comes into the Tampa Bay Buccaneers weighing 260 pounds. And then says, you know, I'm not worried about it. It's not a big deal. The first game's not until September. So he's using training camp, okay, to lose all of his weight. It's just unbelievable to me that that happens. It really is. All right, let's get to uh, some more phone calls. And uh, we'll check in and hopefully be able to have a complete conversation with Rich. Rich, good afternoon. How are you, sir?
6: Well, let's see if we can. Are we connected? Yes. Go ahead. Okay. Great.
2: Hey, Grant. Um, I just uh,
6: wanted to let you know. Uh, actually, a mutual friend of yours, Jerry's and mine, that we spoke about about two weeks ago, had just recently passed away. Tim. Tim
2: Chehan. Yes, I know. So, I, I heard I, that, and uh, God rest his soul. All just right. The, the, the best man.
6: Yeah. Thank you. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't know whether you were aware of that or not. But um, I did. I did. He kind of hooked me up. I think I had told you.
2: Rich, I cannot believe that I just lost really? you again. Really? Okay. We got a bad deal. There
6: you go. All okay. right. I got you. Go yeah. ahead. Go okay. ahead. Okay. So finish your talk. Okay. So, no. So, I wanted to ask you. So, I, I went from Kennedy High School. Now, I'm doing uh, announcing for uh, Helix High School. Yeah. And my my next goal is is to move on to San Diego State. I want to see if you have any anything that you could, you know, recommendation as far as try, how to try to make that transition.
2: Well, first and foremost, you need to do as many reps as you can, because the more reps that you do, the better you're going to get. Uh, As far as getting into San Diego State, I'm sorry, I would not even know uh, how to how to even go about that other than maybe contacting their sports information director. uh, And every every athletic department has a sports information director and their job is to deal with the media. And so I would find out who the sports information director is at San Diego State and try to develop you know, at least a a relationship with that individual so they know who you are, so that if any openings come up, uh, but in the meantime, do as many reps as you can and listen to as many people as you can uh, to really formulate your style so that if that opportunity ever presents itself, you can present your work and they're like, wow, this guy's really good. Thanks, Rich. Really appreciate it. Good luck to you on that. All right, let's get to uh, Jerry. We'll put Jerry up on stage with me, and we'll welcome him to the show. Hey, Jerry, how are you today?
7: I'm fine, Grant. How are you, sir? Good, thank you. Hey, Grant, got a couple things for you. Uh, Keegan Murray, you know what, uh, with all the hype that's been going on this, this summer with the you know, uh, the Summer League and ESPN, the first take, talking about Keegan Murray. You think all this stuff that they're saying about him, uh, because we all know that the NBA and the Summer League is too different. Uh, You're not going to go against the same guys when you're playing in the NBA. You think if it doesn't start off well, you think that's going to be a downer for him?
2: Well, no. His his mind and uh, his personality is such that he's going to be able to withstand the valleys. He'll have peaks, but no, I don't think that's going to be an issue with him. And I don't think he's going to start off that way. He may not, you know, be an all-star in his first year, but the eyeball test with him, he passed on every single mark. Uh, Not everybody can be wrong about this kid. He's going to be good. How good, how soon, you know, that remains to be seen, but I wouldn't worry about that with him. I wouldn't worry about that. If he doesn't start off, you know, great, uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't get too nervous about that.
7: Grant, do you think he will start, or do you think he'll come off the bench?
2: No, I think he'll start. Okay, I think he'll start. Yep.
7: Sir And one more thing, Grant. Uh, Debo Samuel. Um, he's saying that he does not want to uh, run the ball, this and that. But doesn't he realize that you had that season last year? You that you had because you played both positions on the ball. I mean, I mean, I mean, I understand the guy doesn't want to do that. The guy doesn't want to get hurt, but uh, I'm, I'm not sure, Grant. I mean, if he, if he does not want to run the ball, I don't think he's going to have that great of a season like he did last year. What do you think about that?
2: No, I mean, uh, he was the player that he was last year based on the number of touches he had and all of the big plays that he had, particularly when he lined up, uh, in the backfield. And one of the reasons why he's probably going to get $25 million very soon is because of his multifaceted ability. So yeah, I understand not wanting to get hurt. I get that. Um, the question is, are they going to be able to find common ground and get a deal done? I mean, the Niners were very adamant about this in the spring. They said they had absolutely no intention, no intention of trading him. That's why he was not part of any deal on draft day. Once you got past the first round, you realized that Debo Samuel would not be traded. He showed up for a mandatory mini cap in June, which was a positive note. Again, he didn't practice, but he was very engaged during those workouts. And, you know, I, I still think they're going to get a deal done here in the next 48 to 72 hours. I really do. And once the games start, Samuel's probably going to want to do everything possible to help the team win, uh, particularly you know if they're right in the race come November or December. So these things have a way of working themselves out. But I, I'll be surprised if there's not a deal done here uh, in the next day or two. I really I, that would surprise me.
7: But Grant, let me ask you something. Now that we all know that Trey Lance is going to be the starting quarterback for the Niners, and you know it's it's not going to be Jimmy because we all know that Jimmy's not a mobile quarterback. So the third and three. Yes. Four, third and five. that's going to open up options for trey uh so debo doesn't have to do that what do you think
2: i think the niners biggest problem this year is going to be their offensive line you know they lost uh a pro bowl guard they lost two starting offensive linemen i think their biggest issue is going to be outside of trey lance their offensive line i think not enough people are talking about that. Not enough people are talking about the Niners offensive line and it was good last year and now it is taking a step back and I think that's the biggest question mark other than Trey Lance in training camp. I pretty much know everything else about this team. I don't know about their offensive line. There are too many new pieces to the offensive line which to me is going to be an issue for this team. So that's how I see it, Jerry. You know, Trey Lance, any quarterback you can point to but this offensive line of the 49ers, to me, is a question mark. And I, that's another reason why I'm not picking the 49ers to be a playoff team this year. I don't think Trey Lance is going to take the team to the playoffs. And I think their offensive line is going to be problematic throughout the year.
7: Grant, uh, one more thing, sir, before I let you go. You know, is there any way, like when you're doing your show, that we can make comments and then you could read the comments during during your show? Uh,
2: yeah, you're talking about like a text line? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll work on that. Uh, so that when football season starts, for, for for those that are just too busy, maybe they're at work, maybe they're at school, and they can't talk because their volume of their voice would bother others and they want to text, I'll work on that. It's a good suggestion. Good suggestion be, there, Jerry.
7: That would be nice, sir. Grant, well, thank, thank you. you. Love, love the show. Thank you, bud. Great show this morning with you and Jerry.
2: Take it easy. Thank okay. you. Yep, yeah, appreciate it. Love doing the show with Jerry. I mean, it's he's the best, plain and simple. The guy is an institution. And we want to talk to John, but John, you got to hit your microphone icon. So as soon as you do, I'll be more than happy to put you up on stage with me. If you want to come on the show, all you got to do is uh, hit that hand icon. And again, uh, we will do it. All right, John, I'm going to put you back in audience so we can try it again. All right. Uh, don't forget Friday. I'm going to have a, a guy on that is doing really well. That just started his podcast a little more than a year ago. I want to. His, his story is pretty incredible how he went about doing this. And I think he can be an inspiration to those that want to do something similar. So that's Friday. Uh, Ian Eagle CBS Sports is going to be on with me Tuesday. So I'm really looking forward to talking with, uh, I think, one of the real premier sportscasters that this country has. I mean, Ian Eagle is big time. He is a big time announcer. And I'm looking forward to that. Something else. I wanted to talk about today because I was texting with both of them yesterday. It was announced that Christopher Mandog Russo and Susan Waldman are going to be going into the Radio Hall of Fame with another individual, but I'm going to keep it to the, those that I know. And Susan Waldman is an incredible person and an incredible professional. And I've done two podcasts with Susan Waldman. And I would tell you that with all of the podcasts that I've done, more people have downloaded the Susan Waldman podcast, even more so than the podcast that I did with Charles Barkley. I've had more people download the podcast that I did with Susan Waldman. Susan is and was a pioneer in broadcasting. Susan Waldman beat the odds of coming into New York when WFAN radio started and coming onto the scene, flourishing and working her way up to become the radio analyst for the New York freaking Yankees. Okay, Susan Waldman. Think about what she has achieved in the broadcasting industry. Coming into New York City from Boston, WFAN radio, an institution in our medium, and then pursuing and formulating a friendship with George Steinbrenner based on respect and work ethic to a point where she became a radio announcer with John Sterling for the New York Yankees. Her story is amazing. We've talked about it on my podcast I encourage you, if you missed either of the two podcasts, just Google Grant Napier with Susan Waldman and it will pop right up for you. I have so much admiration and respect for Susan and I texted her yesterday to congratulate her and she got right back to me and we had a little exchange on our text messages. Then Christopher Mandog Russo. Chris and I grew up together. We were in nursery school together. We were in kindergarten together. We were in grade school together. We played sports together every day. We were always together after school playing stickball or football or basketball. And we have maintained a very good friendship. Three years ago, we went over to Scotland To celebrate our 60th birthdays with 10 others, played nine rounds of golf in seven days. It was a storybook week. It was just an incredible week. Chris invited me. I did not know any of the others that were going. Chris wanted me to be a part of the special celebration. And we just had an incredible time. It was one of the best weeks of my life. But Chris is radio. And I always talk about if you want to succeed in life, figure out a way to do it well and figure out a way to be unique, right? You know, I talk about Jim Rome. What makes Jim Rome such an institution and such an iconic figure who also was just inducted into the Radio Hall of Fame is he's unique. There's nobody in the country that can do what Jim Rome does, No, nobody. Jim has his own style, he has his own vocabulary, he has his own way of doing his job differently than anyone else. There's no one that can come close to Jim Rome, that's how unique he is. Chris Russo, also extremely unique, and his style has made him a boatload of money, He is an iconic, legendary radio figure in America. You see him now on ESPN's first take on Wednesdays, battling it out with Stephen A. Smith. And I am delighted that my good friend, Christopher Russo, is going in to the Radio Hall of Fame. And it was nice talking with both of them yesterday, both Susan Waldman and Chris Russo. So congratulations to them. Uh, It's kind of neat that I've been able to formulate a relationship with both, although in my case with Chris, it's been a lifelong friendship that began at the earliest of ages. And Susan is someone that I got to know based on mutual respect when I would go to New York to do the Kings games. And I remember meeting her once and we had a casual quick conversation, but I would see her Uh, She then would hear me on with Mike and the Mad Dog when they would have me on as a guest. And something else about Susan. I wouldn't call Susan a real good friend. I would call Susan more of an acquaintance. I would call Susan more of a professional acquaintance, more than a friend. And on June 2nd of 2020, when my career came tumbling down, Susan was one of the first to reach out to me to give me her support. And I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that. She was one of the first. She's a class act, but she's very talented. And I am unbelievably grateful for her just as her, as a working professional colleague. But I'm, I'm, I'm ecstatic for her to go into the Radio Hall of Fame. John, how are you today, my friend? i'm
0: doing good grant how are you my friend good Woody. what's up well uh, i want to talk a little bit about Debo Samuel. that has been the talk about yep. that guy he may not have wanted to be there you know but the dude's a pro he's an absolute pro and he's treating the organization that he signed with like a pro even though he may not want to be there he, he's an absolute pro just just
2: by yes he is Yes, he is.
0: By his, actions, by his actions, not by his words, necessarily his actions. And you know as well as I do, actions speak a hell of a lot longer than words. Words yep. are take way too subjectively. Actions, you can see the finished product of it. And, you know, he's been like that through his whole tenure. He's kind of a quiet guy. But, you know, we've talked about how elusive, elusive he is. I mean, the dude is obviously a workhorse, and he thinks about things. And he thought about this decision that he wanted to make, and it doesn't look like it's going to go. His, his way, I guess that might be too tough on him because his way, he simply wants to win and he doesn't want to get hurt too bad, which I understand. And his position, he calls himself a wide back. Everybody should have a wide back. It, you know, but nobody, <laughs> that's plays, right. not everybody has an elusive player like he does, you
6: know?
2: That's very true. So, very true. You
0: know, I just got a ton of respect for that guy. And, you know, I wish he would join the NFC East.
2: <laughs> and, uh... Yeah. <laughs> Except hey, I if do, you want, you know. Hey, if you want to, if John. you can get him on the Giants, if you can get him, a, if you can get him a trade to the Giants, I'll pick him up at the airport. Okay, so I'd love to yeah, have you him. You know, in
0: New York. if I could do that, I'm gonna get get him to wear some color blue, but it's gonna be royal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're a beauty. All right. Well, the right, other thing is, yep, if we yep. went, to the, if he went to, the, to the NFC East. We'd have to fight him. Everybody, you know, whoever's, you know, Eagles, Giants, Cowboys, Redskins, or pardon me, Washington, have to fight him the whole time. And the other thing about uh, the Hall of Fame, Mad Dog, well, it's about time. And you and I had a conversation, I don't know, four or five years, six, many years ago. And I said, Doug, look over. Can you, can you see Grant right there? Yeah, I'm looking right at him. I said, well, check it out. You're looking at a Hall of Famer right there. And, he agreed, I agreed, everybody agreed, and I still do agree, Grant. You, you just got freaking burned. You got burned. And another thing I wanted to ask about the Hall of Fame, is there people like Mad Dog, is he going to be able to
2: say, oh, I want this person to introduce me or, or anything like that? Yes, do, they do that. Like, I believe they are. I, yeah. I believe the, uh, the uh, ceremony is November 2nd uh, in Chicago. So I would think if he could get Mike Francesa to do it, I think that would be great. I mean, Mike and the Mad Dog, really, for all intents and purposes, started Sports Talk Radio. They didn't start it, but what they did is they made every they city in America. Yeah. 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 So we'll see. It's going to be interesting to see who he has, but uh, we'll see. But uh, John, I got a roll. Thanks for the call, buddy. You and be well, okay? Yep. If they want to yep. ask somebody, you can ask Mike Francesca, but. I think Mad
0: Dog should say, Mike, I'm thinking about asking Grant. And Mike would probably go, you know what? That is a great freaking idea. Do it.
2: (laughs) Okay, buddy. (laughs) Thanks, my man. Have a great one. Take care. You do. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. Love talking with you, John. Great stuff. All right, we're going to wrap it up. Don't forget, tomorrow is an open forum Wednesday. Looking forward to that. Have yourself a fabulous evening. Stay safe. We'll talk to you tomorrow right here on Listen Up. So long, everybody.
1: It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper?